nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword, passport. <laughs> That's a way to offend them. Yeah, all right, here we go. You didn't take that pregame, I hope, did you? <laughs> I just went back and stopped it, deleted it, and then I went back and hit the theme. Okay, you right. are safe. We're That's good. good. We are all safe, I should that say. That pregame was uh, not uh, not suitable for airing, I would say. In, at at uh, the or, adult entertainment. Yeah, uh, or it will be on our last podcast ever. <laughs> at, yes. uh, by the way, Saturday might have been my greatest Tweet day ever, oh wouldn't you god. say? It oh was, my god! They they delivered. You know how they in those old Roman movies where they used to carry them in on uh, you know yes. the queen Cleopatra yes. in with four four burly men of minority persuasion carrying yes. her uh, carrying her in. That's where the tweets were carried in from that Gopher game. Uh, first of all, when the crazy little man ran out on the field oh. and uh, was the ref turned around us from picking up the ball and he was standing next to him and then then expressed surprise he got a penalty. But then uh, at that I, point, I was wait for it, yes. wait for it. I didn't know which way you were going to go. Well, it took me a while to compose it just. Just right. Sure. You, know, you didn't want to blow right. that opportunity. <laughs> and then came the, uh, you know, the thought that the the coach surfing video from last week, right. which they released. And, I mean, let's face it. When you send something out that like that out in the public forum, you're asking to be ridiculed the next week if you get beat, right? Sure. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's an open invitation. Now, I will have to admit that I composed that tweet about uh about uh, the the crowd the coach surfing has been canceled uh the notice from the <laughs> University of Minnesota Communications Department I composed that in about the middle of the third quarter and had to sit on it till uh very near the end of the ball game but uh that now that now gopher fans got very upset about that one but it was funny you got to admit it's funny. This yes. guy's funny. This guy, you got to accept there are funny moments with this crazy son of a gun. But when he ran out onto the field, I and get... And then was he, acting surprised he got a penalty. But he, he, he offered the excuse, and I somewhat believe him, that he went to go check on well, the receiver. Uh, the receiver was standing up. But he was, exactly, yeah, he, was he was upright. Up. Yeah, this idea that he was laid out, he was laid out for a second and a half. So it, it was all nonsense. I think he went out there to complain. But the way I understand it, the Gophers wouldn't have gotten the ball back no, even but, if he had been flagged, but, correct? But Iowa would have been at the seven. Iowa would have been at the seven. Okay. And that's where you want your op- opponent that isn't a terribly explosive offensive team. Not at, at the, the seven, yeah, right. not at the 22. Mm-hmm. So he gave away 15 yards of, of field, field position. position at an important part of the game. And then Iowa ended up, I think they got one first down and then punted. Uh, you can probably uh, guess that they would have ran the ball three times 
when if they had been at the seven, and you probably would have gotten the ball at the fifty instead of your own twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that anyway. was a misconception because people were upset. They would have had, no, it no. was just half the distance to the goal but, penalty. But it, it. it did cost them fifteen yards, and that was kind of a field position game. So I had some you against uh, Iowa. You play that. I way. had some in-laws in attendance down in Iowa City because that's where the Brad Are is they from. Pro, uh, oh, they're very much pro Hawkeye. Provided loyalties, pro-Hawkeye, yeah. And uh, he said. Probably a good call not bringing the fam down to this game. The insults are flying, and so is the alcohol. Okay. Well, because they love themselves some Hawkeye football. They down do, there. they do, and uh, there is something to be said for being a place there's not much else going on. Oh yeah, when they're the big, uh, the the big star attraction. Well, I've told and, you, Pat. I actually it was uh, closer than I thought. I thought that the uh, I would probably handle them. Yeah, because even though last week I said that I thought the Gophers would win. I told Joe that because I didn't want to jinx the Hawkeyes. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I, I just kind of, you could smell it coming yeah. you, after a big win. Like and they the were, they, listen, they weren't going to go undefeated the no. rest of the year. And you had, you got good breaks against Penn State. You're going to have, you yeah. know, that, that should even up eventually. So. But I, I was telling Rook, there are, they have 100,000 people that tailgate for games. There's 40,000 people that tailgate that don't mm-hmm. even go to yeah. the ball game. That's they a great drink, place to drink, watch a game. Drink and then watch TV out, oh, yeah. out in the parking out lot. In the parking lot. Out, yeah, plug it into the... <laughs> Plug it into the station wagons. Uh, or the RV, the beat-up uh, old yeah, Winnebago. RV, yes. It's been sitting in the well, yard. I, told for... it again. I can tell the story again. I, I was out there when they went back to the Rose Bowl for the first time since 58 in 81 or 2. And they, them beat-up old Airstreams were rolling in <laughs> left and right. That whole valley of uh, the Rose Bowl. Where the Gopher fans might experience that yes. uh, in, a, in a, mo- a couple of months. But uh, six weeks... But that whole beautiful valley had these uh, Iowa uh, vehicles down there, and uh, they were ready for that one. They, uh, they, I don't think uh, they haven't won one. Uh, I don't think they won. I think they were out there three times and haven't won one. Well, they were just most recently there against Stanford. Yeah, when McCaffrey got, ran all over them. Yeah, they got beat again. I, yeah. I don't think they've won one since '58. I think they won that one. But because uh, they did beat Florida in the was it the Outback Bowl mm-hmm. a couple of years ago? I can't oh, remember. The, the remember the what's the game they won four or five years ago on the last play? They threw oh, a long yes. touchdown pass the last. That might have been the game I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, right at the end of the game, they had a good tough opponent. But uh, I've I've told this story before. I was going to uh, someday. I'd like to say. I haven't told this story before. Yeah, right. right. I you know, I got a new one. I got a new one from this Nobody's week. Nobody's ever heard it. Not right. even my family. What? That's not why people are tuning yeah. in. So I was headed to Nebraska, Miami, eighty-four. The eighty, the famous nineteen eighty-four game where Nebraska went for two to stay unbeaten. That was the team that had edged the Gulfs eighty-four to thirteen, ah. and you know, and maybe one of the greatest college teams ever in Miami. Bernie Kosar in Miami beat them. But I stopped at the Gator Bowl on the way because Iowa was playing there, and Iowa was playing uh, Florida, and Florida had uh, Wilbur Marshall as a as a like a freshman, Neil Anderson as a running back, Ooh. and. It was, uh, and Iowa was good. They had Chuck Long, and I think they had Chuck Long, and they had John Alt, the kid from Columbia Heights, was a kind of an all-American type left tackle. And Iowa was good, and 
Florida had 88 players and 84 of them were from Florida. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jesus. counting it up. And the difference in speed <laughs> was yeah. incredible. And I said, you know, the honeymoon is over. <laughs> I said, the the old Rust Belt, you know, Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, that's where you get the football players, the Polish kids from yep, Chicago. Yep. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> and of these 84 of the 88, uh, I would guess 50 of those lads were African-American lads, uh-huh. too. And, uh, you know, from all over. And, of course, then Miami, two or three nights later, I see them take on Nebraska with a with a team that's basically from South Florida, you know. Mm-hmm. The, and uh, they had some gifted, uh, gifted athletes also. On they that were team. maybe overlooking the farm boys uh, after those uh, years. Then, boy, huh? that was fun though. Schnellenberger, you know, was the guy who started that whole Miami, that whole era, and then he took a job with the. Was it Oklahoma State? No, he went to the U.S. Was it which league was it that was around? That the USFL. Was USFL in '84. Yeah, yeah. The New yeah, Jersey he, Generals. He was gonna co- he was gonna coach the uh, oh, no. Miami franchise yeah. that never got off the ground. So and then, what then they team did Trump own? I think it was New Jersey Generals. Trump yeah, owned the, yeah. the okay, and then they replaced him with uh, Jimmy Johnson. I think they brought him yeah, in right. from Oklahoma State. And Howard, and he ended up at Louisville, and he ended up at Oklahoma State, but. But he, that team never got off the ground, and he was out of coaching for a couple of years. But Howard was a great salesman, and he declared everything from Orlando South to be the state of Miami. <laughs> you know, he was the state of yeah. Miami. You know, up there is Florida and Florida State. They're up there in Florida, but the state of Miami <laughs> starts in Orlando <laughs> from down here. And he had maps spread out, you know, lying Line across Marked. the map, state of Miami. He was a great. He had the big pipe and the. Well, that thirty for thirty is fantastic. Oh God, they were the most fun I've ever. I was when Walsh was there. I went to a practice one day. You know, you could, if you're a media guy, you go out and watch practice. They didn't care. They had a practice stadium like Creighton Durham Hall. You know, I mean, it was just nothing. Right. And a locker room, bare bones. Locker room, bare bones, nothing, and. The practices were nothing. They ran like they'd run their plays and right. run some pass patterns, but they'd be screwing off. And <laughs> and then came Saturday, and they were some monsters. And uh, and but it was it was Walsh, you know, Stevie Walsh. Yep, St. Paul gentleman, son of a plumber, and he, you know, he just loved those guys. He just loved the personality of that team, you know, and won a lot of games. Did I they mean, win a national championship with him? With I Steve? think they did win one. Yeah, they won of the one of theirs, and they uh, or did he? Let me look. Did here. He, he lost one. They lost one in the Fiesta Bowl to the, the Vinny. That they uh, no that they lost one to uh, Penn State that they never should have lost. The referees hosed them at the end. I'm not sure which okay. year that was. I covered that one, the Fiesta Bowl. That was right when they first started trying to put one and two together if they weren't in the Rose Bowl. You know, and he did, uh, let's see, career highlights. Uh, they were national champs in 87. Okay. Finalists for the Heisman in 88, All-American 88, Sammy Bauer Trophy 88. So, no, they did not win a national. Well, 87. Or they won 87. Won, they did win a national they championship. They lost, to, they lost to Penn State, but uh, it was, uh, God, it was fun. It was just they were my the the best ever though and the worst the lowest moment ever was 
Notre Dame hired Faust, you know, the high school mm-hmm. coach from Cincinnati Moeller, who was going to pray the rosary to when they were in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I was down there when he first came to Notre Dame for spring practice, and they were never going to lose a game. This guy was the greatest, you know, Knut Rock that he lives. And, and then the wheels had come off, and he was going to get fired, I think, in 85. And they played their last they, – they traditionally would play Southern Cal Miami, and one of them would come to Notre Dame in the middle of this October, and then they would either finish the next year at Southern Cal or at Miami. That was their, their last game. And uh, that was Faust's last game. And you remember that game? Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, it was 60 to it was a bus 7 game. or something. But Benny Blades was one of their great players, and he intercepted a pass. And it's the middle of the fourth quarter, and he's still got his regulars in there. They're just kicking the crap out of him. And Benny intercepts a pass, and he starts running down the sideline to the end zone. And all of a sudden, about seven guys come pulling up right alongside him. All hurricanes, no Miami, and they're high fiving the last thirty yards. They're all high fiving. Oh my god! There's about four big, big Catholic boys lumbering about twenty five yards behind him, and you're saying, "Oh my god!" We have a sea change here. And Lou, that Lou was there the next year. So Lou was there the next. The Catholics versus the convicts, right? Wasn't that the T-shirt? Yeah, and uh, who is the guy? a former Notre Dame player. He was a think. basketball player. Yeah, a basketball yeah. player made himself. They told him he couldn't do it. He said, screw you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he only sold 20,000 of them. You know that I had a, my, uh, Al Worthington's married to my cousin, right? Yep. Uh, the pitcher. And Shirley. And they had a son who went to Alabama and, you know, Al's as religious as he gets. Baptist, hardcore, was the AD at Liberty for a while for Jerry Falwell. I, I think he voted for Trump, probably. Um, <laughs> Are you but, sure? But Al, kind of Al might have voted for Trump. Al's still alive. <laughs> I think he's the oldest living twin but uh, in his 90s. But uh, Al's son came up with a bleep Notre Dame T-shirt that just that they when they came down to play Alabama. Sold. Thousands of them, just basically, boom, you know. Wow. Bleep Notre Dame, F Notre Dame, and that they sold them. Maybe that's the key to our fortune. We just had to come up with a good T-shirt idea. That could be. That could be. We had a good one. Not elite. They made us stop publishing it, damn it. Still very upset about that. Because people think we were making fun of PJ. We were making no, fun no, no. of ourselves. No, uh, it was the RTB shirt that we had to pull. Because we said Roycey talks ball. Oh, well, did we have to pull non-elite? Well, maybe we had to pull we both had to pull of them. We had to Well, non-elite, we sold the first day. And it was selling like hotcakes. Yeah. And then, and then the Gophers called and complained, and they we pulled it. You know, you only had one shirt with me as one of your co- comrades on your show. But didn't you and Mackie also get one? I was not in on that one. The one that looked like Dunkin' Donuts. The one that looked like, wasn't it Dunkin' Donuts? Yes. The one that looked like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, that one. We had to burn that pile. I, I don't think, I think the not elite one, we sold out. We only made, we only printed like 100 okay. originally. Yeah. Collector's and, item now. But on the back of the not elite shirt, there was the name of the show. 
So it was, we were making fun of the show. Yeah. Well, we're making fun of the football coach. Right. Positivity is going to change this culture, period. <laughs> when you get inside the football walls, you're going to have positivity hit you right in the face. Bam. <laughs> What a beauty. Oh, Lord. Uh, you know what made the Viking comeback unbelievable Saturday, Sunday was how bad they were the first half. Oh. You can come back from 20 if you've done anything, but they, everything you could possibly mess up, they, they messed did. up. Yeah. If this quarterback's any good, it's 34 to nothing Easily. at halftime because you get, right. they got the ball at the 17 twice. Well, on fumbles, back-to-back. Back. I would have paid good money to hear the Zim, Zim. halftime speech with I would have paid good money to have it be Burnsy. That would have been even better. <laughs> I, uh, it's Hank Schnauker's fault. Right. Well, what I couldn't figure out, Sandejo intercepts the ball to save it from save being it. 28 or whatever. But then he does the damn victory lap. Like, son, you're getting you're, killed you're at home by the by the Broncos. That man. was a hostile looking crowd, man. Oh. They were upset. Were you you weren't there, were you? No, I didn't go. But did you see the the old lady, the the meme on Twitter? There was a oh, like that. Yeah, she's like, Oh and, and they turned it into every Minnesota thing ever and it's someone had written uh, on Twitter saying, when you lose the meat raffle by one number. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. I uh I was driving out in uh, outstate Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, not many small towns I drove through that didn't have the meat raffle. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah they the love bar. that, the meat raffle. And have you ever entered a meat raffle? You I, ever won a meat I've raffle? I've been at a meat raffle, but I did not win. It was mm-hmm. at a, I forget what small bar it was, and we just happened to stop, and they were having How do the we meat know raffle. this is good meat? How oh, do it's we, good no. stuff. It's a good oh, stuff. Yeah. The, the gentleman that usually sits in this chair over here, <laughs> not, I don't think no, would no. consume. <laughs> hey, this is a great stew. Look, where'd you get it? I got it at the meat wrap. <laughs> <laughs> he would be done. He'd push his spoon away, and out he'd go. Well, How do you think he'd do with Rocky Mountain oysters? Has he ever eaten those? Uh, he, he, uh, he has not. I, I don't think he's eaten Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain, but regular oysters are mussels. Yeah. He is a. Uh, it's a concert. Yeah, it's a concert. Well, and if God. you if you're across the table with him, you're going to get three. He's going to get the mm-hmm. other nine. Well, you're used to that. You used to have a. <laughs> used to work the morning show with a yes. guy who uh, who uh, give me that McDonald, give me that Big Mac. No, uh, it was the. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the McDonald's. It was the ticket. It was the, if they scored over a uh, hundred. <laughs> if they scored over a hundred points, you would get a yeah free Big Mac if you had the ticket stub. Yeah, Rook, I need your stub back. <laughs> They're up by it's one hundred five to ninety nine. I need your stub. I don't know if that's my favorite story or the twenty cases of Pfeiffer. Oh, it's pig side. It was pig side. Pig Same thing as Pfeiffer. Cost three Tell bucks the story. a case. Rook, three bucks. H- a case. Help me load all this up. So we went down to Pig's Eye. <laughs> It, we went down to the Rascal. Right? Uh, it was the Minnesota Beer Company. Yeah, they, it was their cheap beer. Yeah, yeah, Pig's Eye. They had, they, they were down at the Rathskeller. Even Fu- in the nineties, it was three or four bucks a case. <laughs> yeah, it, and we had a great breakfast. Dan Flanagan, a local restaurant guy, put it all together, and we tried Ludafisk and you know, uh-huh. all the, the morning show stuff. And then after, uh, the, the boys at the at the brewery said, "Well, Jess, do you want beer?" 
Yeah, load me up. He had the I weekend. got the Suburban. We're going up with the Southsiders. <laughs> and when I drink, I drink to get drunk. Yeah. He wasn't a big drinker, but he was yeah. with the Southsiders. He was going to hit it hard. Yeah. All right, Rook, help me load up. So he had, you know, uh, camping equipment and his uh, fly fishing equipment, which he was never going to use. Yeah. And, you know, it was loaded already, but the, the back area was not. Rook, help me load up these pig's eye cases in the back of the Suburban. So I was helping, you know, bring him up there, and it's it's basically pretty much it will not. There's no more room for air. Mm-hmm. It's full, and there's one case sitting on the uh, sitting on the side of the, the suburban. And uh, I say, yeah, that's boy, I like pig's eye. <laughs> I really do like pig's eye. You know, but hey, whose case is that? He picks it up. Oh, this will fit in front. If you want some beer, I, I go in go and ask him. Just go down and ask him. I'm sure they're going to give you some. And he wasn't even being, you know, he's, he, I love the guy to death. Yeah. I, I, I know he was not the best politician in the world, but uh-huh. he wasn't being mean. He was just being Jesse. Yeah. And, and Joe is right. Governor if, me. If you have uh, the turkey leg, you ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, fantastic. Say, I was going to ask sure. you, Pat. I, I didn't know the, the kid, the, the Minnesota Twins kid Ryan that passed Castello. away. I didn't yeah, know anything I didn't about him. him. I knew that he got him in a trade from Seattle for Zach Duke. He what was a 31st rounder. Well, he died in New Zealand. He was down there playing in the Australian League. I think they were just getting ready to start. And found Dad in his room. You never, you know, they wow. say natural causes, but we'll wait and see. We, that's what they what said about Tyler Skaggs. So, yeah. so we'll wait and see. What do we have here? We've got uh, Matt. You're on the air. Monday Night Sports Talk podcast version. Matt, what's going on? Well, first of all, uh, I got a great uncle, um, Matt Mikulski. This is uh, this is your nephew. Got to turn that up for me. I can't hear. Oh, him. hello. What's going on, buddy? Hey, uh, it's your nephew Matthew, all the way from Duluth. How's it going? Calling from the Zenith City. We're doing well. You're listening. You're going to be listening to the podcast Monday Night Sports Talk version, huh? Yes, yes, sir. What's going on, big guy? Oh, I just oh, I God, saw your tweet about uh, the Gophers and the Vikings, and I just uh, had a question for Royce. Yep. Uh, there's no doubt that PJ Fleck has brought some media attention to to the Gophers, but. Does it get out of hand, in your opinion, at some point, like when he got the penalty on Saturday? Uh, yes, uh, it uh, it was uh, silly for him to run out there, but he does a lot of silly stuff, and uh, he was trying to protect his player, he said. Uh, but uh, by the time he got five feet off the sidelines, Tyler Johnson was standing up. So uh, it was, I don't know, he was looking for attention like he always is. I mean, uh, when Coach people get Look injured, at Me, we, we call him Coach yeah. Look at Me. So Yeah. It was just getting under my skin. Every time someone gets injured, he runs on the field. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, I have a question for you. Your father is a pretty intense football watcher. Has yes, has that transferred over to you? Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of bad words being yelled at the TV. <laughs> Does it do any well? It works Sunday. Streaming yes. at the television works Sunday. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. Okay. I just to say what's up, to Uncle Matt. All okay. right, thanks, Matthew. Okay. He's from. Yeah. Uh, He's up in Duluth. This is Maria's uh, son. Yes, I Maria's was going to ask son. him what's wrong with the Bulldogs, man. They're supposed to be like the best team in the country, two-time defending national champs, and they're uh, they're struggling. They got beat by Miami of Ohio or somebody. Are over they the drawing any fans down here yet for Gopher, Gopher hockey? Uh, I don't know. Any tickets? I didn't think I'd live long enough. 
to see the Gophers have a weekend series against Penn State when they gave up 14 goals. Oh. 8-2 and 6-3. But Penn State's pretty good, right? Well, I guess they are. Somebody had a good quote on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but... Boy, the Penn State was really mad about that football game. Yes, they were. <laughs> they were. That's all right. They, uh, yeah, I, it's going to take a while. He's got twelve freshmen, but I don't. They, they usually announce seven, which means they got forty five hundred or five thousand. Okay. But the honeymoon's over, cool. you know. And uh, you know, as I said, once they once they get out of the habit of going, the, the wild they're going to experience the same thing here. They're still announcing seventeen. And there's people are saying there's ten or eleven, twelve thousand people there. So when you stop using your season tickets, it's done. That's uh, you mentioned that uh, it, the the Washington writer that we had on Barry Spreluga is that how yes, you pronounce right. it? Yeah, so he covered good. the Redskins game yesterday. Yeah. He's a fan. I I just found out when we had him on the D Day show, but mm-hmm. I've now followed him on Twitter. He's a he's a great read. Yeah, I'm a very good writer. Um, but he said. Talking about lack of empty seats at the Redskins game, he said the best way to beat traffic leaving FedEx Field, wait until after the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've, you know, they're uh, obviously the NFL has waived the, uh, there's, they no longer have the uh, sellout rule, right? The blackouts. I don't think so. Because yeah. the Redskins are drawn, you know, first of all, that idiot bought the team, Snyder, and took this big old stadium and and increase the capacity by like 15,000 so there's no aisles it's the most oh. uncomfortable place there is you know the member of the metrodome aisles upstairs yes. 30 30 yes. people that's the way it is all over that place oh, wow. and they increased it to 90 and they aren't drawing 40 right now Oof. 50 people they are done with that team they are really uh really down on him they hate the owner and they uh, well, the crowd was chanting, "Sell the team!" Yeah, and you could hear it during. Yes, yes, <laughs> you could hear it during the game. Yeah, and uh, where where else did I see that? Where else are they uh, want? Oh, the Lions. That's their thing too. Oh. They want Ford's widow to sell the club. Uh, to the club that well, she's ninety something. Uh, you know, got they want the, They want the Fords. I've, I've, I've told it. I've told this story. You I've have told, told this, this story. This is a story I've, I've told. Maybe I haven't heard this. <laughs> Bill me. Ford, the late Bill Ford, yep. who's I think the Henry the Two. Okay, was his grandfather. You know, the guy that you know, basically the maybe even his dad. I'm not sure, but they stink it out at the Silverdome, and the air, the elevator system in that place was just screwed up, crummy, just awful, and. So the media is walking to get to the same elevator as Bill Ford is walking to with his entourage. And the Lions fans are leaving. And here's Bill Ford from the family that made the city, basically, right? Right. right. Along with General Motors. The guy, you know, there wouldn't be a Detroit if it wasn't for the Fords. They are screaming every film, Bill, you bleeping, bleeping. And I'm wondering how you feel about that if you're, you know, having, you know. You need to have really thick skin, don't you? I think Bill liked his whiskey, though. He looked a little like that GL logo up there. It had had the red glow about him. So, anyway. That's William Ford Sr., right? Uh, Yeah, and I think his widow, Marjorie, or whatever her name is, still, Martha still owns the team. Wow. I think she's still. I don't was, know. If his kid probably. She's still. Uh, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yep, she got to be well into her 90s. Yeah, he They're lo- bad-mouthing her now. She's in her 90s, for God's sake. She's 94. And she probably doesn't 14. even remember she owns the Lions, and you're bad-mouthing <laughs> Why her. am I here? Yeah. Is what he the did? same one uh, when Joe went golfing, Tiger meet Tiger? Uh, no, that was uh, that that was him, but that was put him in the um, take the bag and uh, the bags oh. in the back, put it over yeah. at the. Uh, he thought Joe was the caddy. Yeah, there right. you go, Tiger. <laughs> hey, he said, hey, Mister Ford, how are you? Yeah, okay, Tiger, just take the bag over there into the trunk, put it over in there. That must have been at the what the what is a palatial Detroit. Speaking of Ford, yes, I think I has the mayor gone to Ford versus Ferrari. I, he had planned on it, but I don't know that he I went, went yesterday. Oh, I saw your Missed the second half, basically. Missed the start, the start of the comeback when I went to the 2.30. Pretty good. Pretty good. The mayor will love it. I was going to talk to the mayor about it today. I forgot he wasn't going to be uh, here. But uh, it is astounding how big sports car racing was back then in the 24 hours of Le Mans. And, uh, it's, uh, but the guy who plays Henry Ford II, you'll recognize him. He's a great character actor and uh, egotistical. <laughs> He's playing him as an egomaniac, and uh, it's pretty It's pretty well done. How is Christian Bale? Very good. I think once, you, a- once you read up on who the character he's playing is, he's playing a Brit named Ken Miles who's wacky, you know, but a car genius, you know, as far as building cars. But but very, very nuts. And once you – when I got home, I read up on the guy. I hadn't read up beforehand. And then you realize, okay, he did a great job playing okay. this guy. But it's uh, – you know, it's good. But uh, the uh, the car scenes are uh, awfully good. I don't know how much is this is graphics now and how much is reality. It looked like it was – looked pretty real. Well, Kenny and I sat in here and watched the – Five or six minute extended trailer last yeah. week, and it looked the, the racing scenes yeah, alone looked like I it's worth the Kenny price. Was here. If Kenny was here, I was going to uh, get him on. But uh, no, in the immortal words of Kenny Rooka, what was the what was the line when we said Joe was going to be here? But you, if you can, you can come in if you'd like. And it was something something off, <laughs> right, 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 which we, we so won't play here. It, just something off wasn't good enough. No, he had, had, had a to second have, something. We had to have a, <laughs> an adjective to we the uh, to, the Did verb. he get a deer? Has he? Did he kill a race? Deer or not? Do I we think, know? I think he said he did get one, but he got sick, so he had to he had to oh, cancel, really? which put him in a very good mood to come back to do the podcast okay. last week. Well, uh, the uh, there's a lot of that going around. I'm I've had a cold, although not nearly as bad. The bride's been terrible. So uh, what's uh, what's uh, did you, the have the Reavers children? Uh, oh yeah, we've been through it already. Really, we're out. We're hopefully out 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 of the woods mm-hmm. on that, but. Um, and we're our family's solid. We're mm-hmm. we got nothing. I, okay. I don't know about Matthew. He's out in Boston uh, sniffing the Boston. The thing river. is, he refuses to get sick. Anyway, I'm the only one of the four of us that did not get a flu shot, and I'm the only one that oh, didn't right. get sick. Okay, how does that work? I have no idea. Well, I'm good for tetanus, as I told you guys. <laughs> yeah, how's got the my arm? first shot since '52. <laughs> <laughs> rusty nails. So here I, I come. Step on a rusty nail. Uh, I'm in good shape. You know, I'm looking. I, I just happened to look up. Um, the uh, the stuff for the Detroit Lions and Martha Firestone Ford. Do you realize that she is one of ten female NFL team owners, most of whom are widows. Most of whom. What do we got? McCaskey for the Bears. Yes, yep. she's a uh, she's under. That's that's George's daughter. It George is George Hallis's daughter. Oh, it she's got to be ninety something. Uh, okay, who else do we have? Uh, uh, Buffalo Bills. Well, she's partner with Pagula? her. Pagula. She's partner with her husband. Yeah. Husband. Yeah. Carol Davis with the Raiders. 
Uh, well, she's part of him. So they're listed as. Right. D, uh, Haslam with the Browns. Yeah, these are all wives. Okay. They're not all uh, or widows. They aren't running, but the two widows are the ones that are uh, running the operation. Georgia, you know, was the uh, Georgia Rosenblum. Yeah. yeah. You know, she, Georgia Frontier mm-hmm. was Carol Rosenblum's uh, uh, widow, and she ended up. Uh, uh, Run of the team, and she's the one that moved it to St. Louis, you know, and then sold to Kroenke. But uh, Georgia was married eight times. Uh, I think Carol was Ooh. like six or seven. Her last guy was a hairdresser. She apparently <laughs> didn't want to be <laughs> didn't want to yeah. be approached anymore or something. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> Dominique Frontier. I don't know. Maybe he was a stud. Who knows? Maybe he was Warren Beatty and Kevin uh, <laughs> Can Wait. Or... No, what was the movie where he was the hairdresser? That oh, was the por- um, semi-pornographic movie that he was the hairdresser. Uh, the but. Uh, but that's when they had the bumper sticker, uh, honk if you've been married to Georgia, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite ever. But she was, uh, you know, that he drowned. He was. Oh, he did? He was I didn't swimming that. in the Atlantic Ocean. He was supposed to be, you know, he moved the team. He got, he traded the Colts, yeah, the Baltimore Colts for the Rams and got out to L.A., and then I think that Ursay bought the Colts, uh, or the, the the Rams guy that right. sold the Ursay. And but he was swimming in the Atlantic Ocean, and he was supposed to know some bad guys. Oh, you know, so okay. the Sopranos okay. there, was, there was always uh, there was always a suspicion that. Uh, he was a very strong swimmer, and he ah. never got back. And Georgia ended up with the team, so uh, there was always speculation. As he wasn't to like what Martin, happened. Wasn't like Martin Short with the. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I'm not a strong I'm not a swimmer. Strong swimmer. <laughs> greatest, He's got the nose plug. <laughs> greatest get in Saturday Night Live history, and that's saying something. That is saying something. Well, they saying were the something. synchronized swimming synchronized brothers. Synchronized swimming. The uh, <laughs> I don't remember, but he had Harry the Shear, Christopher Guest was the coach, and wasn't it Shear and. Yeah, and Harry was the uh, swimmer with Martin Harry Short. Harry and Martin Short were the swimmers. I'm not a strong <laughs> swimmer. Strong swimmer. <laughs> God, what a good idea. Oh, my God. I, I was in L.A. for the Olympics in 88, right? Uh, yes. 84. 84 was the Olympics 84, yeah. in L.A. And I've been to, we were in the uh, L.A. sports arena. And they had a big press room there for us, and you could do track and field. And you could do boxing was in the arena, and track and field was right next door in the Coliseum, mm-hmm. and uh, swimming if you wanted to come over there. And I remember I'm typing away at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock at night, which is midnight back here, and on deadline, and I look up, and I, it was the first time I knew that it existed. <laughs> Synchronized swimming, and I, <laughs> I cast a "What the bleep is this?" And of course, the next day I was at it. Right, you were right there. Going, had to Holy, be there who's this, the lead? This was too much fun to be. Uh, but I never heard. I never knew it existed. So how did you cover a sport that you didn't know existed? Oh, you over make fun of it. Right. You know, what the hell? Wax are they poetic. Doing? Oh, what, oh, what was your soccer one in the same vein? Uh, well, they... that was when we were at RFK, and uh, I was covering the World Cup, and we're in the press box, and we're sitting in front of these European guys, <laughs> some Italians and stuff. We had a better seat, and there's six sports columnists there. None of us know a damn thing about what we're watching, but it's the World Cup. 
And I said, okay, that's the crease right in front of the guy. The rectangle. But what's that big circle? What's that big circle? I don't know. So, you know, there's no internet to look it up. Right. You got these things. And all of a sudden, this Italian guy starts screaming obscenities at us. You guys, you don't know nothing about soccer. You're here. You're in these seats. You're wasting these seats. And I said, what is it called, you know? Right. What is that circle <laughs> call you got that? You got a phrase for it. Yeah, now that now that we got that taken care of, uh, what do you think it is? Penalty area. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, Pierre. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, God, it was funny. That was fun, though, covering the World Cup because the, the uh, OJ was the night before it started. The, oh, the, wow. The, the, really? Yeah, the, um, the white Bronco was the night before. And, I'm in the parking lot in New Jersey to cover the Irish Ireland Irish Ireland Italy was a was one of the first day games at Giant Stadium and I went and found the Irishman to write about the drunken Irishman in right. the parking lot and they were all bitching. We turn on TV to see the see Cup. the see the coverage of the World Cup. All we see is this white trolley <laughs> for hours. Every channel, the white trolley. The white trolley. You've heard the Manny Ramirez story about that, haven't you? No. Manny Ramirez is playing minor league ball. Who was the great tribe manager when they went to those World Series? Hargrove, Har- right? Oh yeah. yeah. Hargrove is telling the story. Manny Ramirez is sitting in the clubhouse and he had a teammate. Chad O.J., I think it's called. Pitcher. Pitcher. Chad O.J. And Chad they're watching it. They're sitting in the clubhouse. And, man, he's oblivious to anything that's going mm-hmm. on. And Chad O.J. might have been the losing. No, he wasn't. I was thinking of losing pitcher in game seven. So uh, somebody said, I can't believe O.J. did it. And Manny Ramirez thought he was talking about his teammate. <laughs> and he said, why would O.J. do this? <laughs> kill his, kill kill his, his wife, wife and a waiter. waiter. <laughs> kill his ex-wife and a waiter. Unbelievable. Oh, All right. So, Speaking of waiters, Patrick. Yes. They've got fine waiters. Wait staff at Jack's Cafe Ooh, in man. Northeast Minneapolis. Thanksgiving. We'll be there. The Ricey clan will be there. Up to 10 them. now. We're up to 10. Up to 10. And I'll tell you what, at Jack's Cafe, uh, they're Northeast Minneapolis right on 19th and University. And they can accommodate. If your group has 10 or if your group has 300 Jack's Cafe, they want you to book your private dining there. Maybe it's a wedding. Maybe it's a Christmas party. Maybe it's the work party. Whatever the case may be, that's where you should go for your private dining facilities. If you want to take the bride out for a date, well, then you get the GL Rookie VIP Date Night menu. It's not on the normal menu, so you have to ask for it. They'll bring it out, and you can select your choices. A four-course meal includes a bottle of wine. Dessert for under $100, and the food there is fantastic. Go to jackscafe.com, special spelling, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. Three generations, Billy Kozlak does a great job, and his family-run business there has been around for a long time, since the 1930s, serving all sorts of great steaks, seafood, in an elegant, old-school setting with the beautiful garden patio that they're changing into uh, the fall season. JacksCafe.com, 1920 University Avenue Northeast, 612-789-7297, JacksCafe.com. I say we go back-to-back on the ads here, right? What do you got? What do you got? Josh Arnold! When you've saved so much money by going to Jack's Cafe, where do you put it all? Give it to Josh. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. 
Call Josh and get a different point of view on your financial future, and you can start today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. I have worked with Josh, and I can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, yes, keyword volatility, oh, yeah. it's more important than ever to work with a pro who understands your needs, a pro who understands financial markets and options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary, no obligation, 48-minute consultation. If you decide that Josh is your guy, rest assured he will dedicate his efforts to helping you reach an optimal retirement. Call Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold, 952-925-5608. God bless America. Woo! I got to bring something up. What? So the Hall of Fame ballot yes. was announced today, and I know you're a voter. Mm-hmm. So they always, Rook, they always give up, what, about 20 names or whatever of yeah, new, some, new players. And, yeah. and there's always one or two that you look and you say, yeah. come on. Yeah. Guess who it was for me this year? J.J. Putts. J.J. Putts, the reliever, huh? I ain't voting for J.J. Putts. Well, no I, usually, one is. I usually don't reveal my ballot, but J.J. Putts. But I have to ask, name one team he pitched for. Because I couldn't. That I, I knew oh, the God, name. He, didn't he pitch for about eight of them? That's what I mean. But Oakland, I couldn't. Texas, I don't know. He pitched mostly for Seattle and Arizona. I feel like I recognize the name. I thought I don't even who he played for. I don't yeah, even everybody is swing at if there's a clearinghouse, you know, they that look at certain. He must have pitched in 200 games or something. Or but he didn't even. I looked games. it up. He didn't even make an All Star team. No, I was going to say I, it feels for me like the NFL draft. I didn't know. I'm surprised he was available. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know he was available. Yeah, some clown will vote for him, however, and then we'll have the national media say, take the right away from the voters. Right. Somebody voted for J.J. Putz. When do you have to have your ballot turned in? I don't know. I haven't opened mine. It's sitting in, I've been sitting at home for a couple of days. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got the ballot for the uh, Baseball Writers Hall of Fame. Who'd you vote for? Quickly voted for Nick Cafardo and <laughs> sent it back in. <laughs> <laughs> As a subjective voter, Nick was so much more of a baseball writer than me or Rebo. I uh, I had to vote for Nick. I, I always vote for the best candidate. So anyway, and that's uh, that, does everybody that vote for that like they do for the regular uh, ballot? Even more, even oh, more. there's more. Yeah, like hundreds vote for that because of. Uh, I don't think the ten year requirement is there or not. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Okay. I don't I don't even look anymore. <laughs> I'm worse than the mayor. What's your number? See have you moved up? I haven't seen it in next year's yet. That'll that'll I won't know for a couple of months, oh. but I'm I think I'm eight. Wow. Wow, really? Eight. And who's ahead of you? Well Sid's ahead Sid's of you. Sid's two. Sid's Sid's um, two. Seymour is still alive. Seymour Siwa from New York is still alive. We all root for Sue Seymour. Seymour's Just a few to, years younger than Sid, but uh, see, Seymour, Seymour had the advantage that New York, you know, had a chapter in the fifties. Okay, and we didn't. Sid's late to the game diminished because the Twin Cities didn't get a chapter until nineteen sixty one when they got a major league team. Okay, so Sid was already forty when they uh, when he when he okay. when they, got we this. got a chapter. So. Otherwise, he would be number one. Wow. There aren't a hell of a lot of 100-year-old active sports writers, and he's going to make her. I wouldn't even say there's a handful. No, I would not I even say that. Even I wouldn't even count on two fingers. Not, not, not March 15th. Wow. And March 15th. What are we doing for that party? 
I don't know. Chad's going to have to throw one hell of a party. Won't be enough. <laughs> won't be enough to feed the ego. So <laughs> I did say so. Uh, I our friend Bob, o, you know Oti from yep. uh, Madison, sent out a tweet. I sent out a tweet on a copy of his column where he had said that the uh, Wisconsin defense made enough plays to survive against Nebraska, but they're going to have to pick it up against the Gophers. And and then I tweeted back, this is the kind of, we don't need this kind of ne- negativity. We we must support our, we must support our local, veteran columnists must support their local, <laughs> local Big Ten teams. And Otsi, in a, you know, in a moment of unawareness, didn't realize I was making fun of Gopher fans and said, trying to agitate Gopher fans. And so he responded. He, he responded, well, you didn't read the column. So I texted, I tweeted him back and said, oh, see, we were having some fun here. And he said, oh, okay, I should have known that. So anyway. Especially coming from you. But on the on my response to Otsi, I pointed out how I've had to fight Sid's pandering, uh, Sid's Harsh behavior towards the Vikings all these years, uh, the Gophers all these years, ever since he ran Lou Holtz out of town. So, <laughs> I know it's out of control. I got to go a week with. Uh, I got to. Well, you tried gotta, that once. No, but I got to go five days without agitating. No, what was the bet you and I made a couple of years ago? Where you were going to try? Was it just simply not to tweet? Was it going to be? No, I was going to be. Uh, was going to be the the positive week. Remember positive path week. It was going to be Pat positive week. path week. <laughs> I'm, but I'm just going to have to right now. Two p.m. It's two p.m. for Monday Night Sports Talk on Monday. I'm going to take the rest of the week off from agitating Gopher fans. So here's what we do. As far as football's concerned, if the basketball team stinks, I might have. So right. I'm sitting in our old producer's room. It was me and Ruffs. Ricey walks in. All right, bleepers, I got a bet for you. Positive Pat starts today. It was Monday morning, whenever it was. I think it was Wednesday afternoon during the show. He walks in and hands both me and Ruffs a five. Bleep it. I ain't going to make it. I'm out like Kramer. I'm out. I'm out. It's like somebody near and dear to me about 15 years ago. Remember when the great American smokeout was a big deal? Yes. Yes, I remember that. This woman and her sister... Uh, both made a sacred vow to uh, this was it, you know, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. I just happened to be in her presence at 10 a.m. down in the kitchen, and she was having a heater. She, uh, <laughs> I, I thought she could have given a little more of an effort. Maybe made it, to, made, it, made it to noon. Remember that? No. Quitting, oh, that was quitting for even a day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think when it started, but it's been going on for a while. That's when it wasn't illegal to smoke anywhere now. Now they got, they're trying to make vaping uh, the most evil thing in history, right? Uh, They said, see, the first Great American Smokeout was held in San Francisco's Union Square, November 16th, 1977. And then they just keep, kept adding it each day. And it was, uh, but it was, you were supposed to at least. Don't smoke for a day. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, she made it to about 10 o'clock. Some, you say, whatever this person, whoever this person. Who this person? You're, you're, Rose. We'll call her Rose. Rose. Okay. No. 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 The other one was Rose. Oh, the other one. <laughs> so you're pining for the days when the manager had the big giant oh, ashtray. Oh, love Leland. Leland, you know, <laughs> targets. You know, my one of my favorite movie scenes is Melvin Dumar when he's getting on the plane in uh, – 
and Midnight Run. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember Melvin? Yep. Melvin is Melvin's a great bad guy, and he's sitting there having a cigarette, and the guy, eh, smoking or no smoking, he said, take a bleeping guess. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Midnight Run? I think I yes. have, but oh, I, I don't recall the scene. Yeah, that's hilarious. the one about the chickens, you know. Oh, they, yeah. That's they, with, tell, uh... they tell Groden, make him laugh, so Groden... <laughs> You know, I read about the thing, and so Groden started talking about how sexy those chickens Denari, were. Denario, you see those Denari chickens finally over there? finally said, yeah, I might take a shadow yeah, one. Pretty good-looking chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, that movie is so good. That movie's fantastic. So uh, we're probably got done here, huh? I think we're going to be wrapping next it up. Next week, uh, we'll have Suchi, and next week, I'm going to save this uh, Ford and Ferrari stuff that I was going to talk to him about. And about the great uh, years of uh, sports car racing. Well, during GL, Rook, last week, help me, uh, we, we came up with a new bit, Pat. It's Suchi's really out-of-date movie review. <laughs> yeah. Remember he gave a movie yes. review for yeah. something from, from like, like the 80s, yeah. early what the 80s. Hell? Have you guys seen this? Yeah, about 30 years ago, Joe. We all saw it. Well, yeah, but the thing about doing that now is you can find them. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not as hard as it used True, to be. True, right. Right now, well, it's on demand. You can find anything. Yes, you can. It's uh, it's uh, costly, but uh, you can find them. Yes. It is. You want to go for the freebies? All righty. Right. Enough. Is if this you, our sign-off music? Well, or it's just it's nice and it's, just, uh, it's just nice and. Imagine smooth. hearing this music under Zimmer oh, wait, yelling at wait, halftime. We forgot our. Sports, oh, yeah. We sports, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hold sports the, person of the week. Walk us through the new relaunch okay, long story the, history. Uh, of. The, uh, long storied history of MNST's sports person of the week. We didn't think of it till week two. <laughs> right? And then we gave it to Stefan Diggs in week two. And Stefan Diggs in week three. Yep. And then we forgot for two weeks. Right. So this is week six. And by as luck would have it. Who is the winner? Vikings are undefeated at home. 4-0, one of two unbeaten teams along with New England. Third and two. I wonder who it'll be. For Cousins going deep. He's got Diggs. That's a touchdown. What a play. Diggs got it 54 yards. <laughs> three times this new MNST podcast version. Sports person of the week has been awarded. Every time to Stefan Diggs. When we remember. We promise. <laughs> yes. Next week, we might have a different winner if we remember. And we damn near forgot today, yes, even we though did. we talked about it. You guys got to remind me. Oh, we're too old. Because yeah. I am 74 years old, and she don't work like it used to. I wanted to call P.J. Fleck disingenuous, and it took me 20 minutes to think of what the word was. So. <laughs> All right, thank you to Josh Arnold the, Investments and Jack's Cafe. But I say that much better than... Up the... Up the... Wait, wait, hold on. We yeah. can do that. The number of amateur... All right. Maybe we should end every show... With ophthalmologist. ophthalmologist or Joe describing Paul Strike. <laughs> Strike. All right. I count two and four now. And... <laughs> All, right. All right. Check it out. See you next week. The mayor will be back. GarageLogic.com is where you can find Sports Talk, Monday Night Sports Talk podcast version. Tell others. It is on fire. Unfuego. You tell all. You got callers next week. We'll give out the phone numbers again. GarageLogic.com. And you can find the 
I'll be back podcast for Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll plead next time. We are standing on the t- on the uh, con on the console. Catch you next time. <laughs>